Welcome to the Millionaire Next Door podcast with Robert Curtis, CFP, accredited investment fiduciary from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. In this podcast, we help successful wealth accumulators like you looking to transition to a work optional lifestyle by helping you build strategies for growing and maintaining your wealth. Robert draws from years of experience and fiduciary responsibility and interviews guest experts to help you build reliable strategies to grow and maintain your wealth. Now, on to the show. In the last episode of The Millionaire Next Door, host Rob Curtis introduced himself and told us about his practice. This time, Rob explains the way he welcomes new clients to his firm, Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. I'm Patrice Sikora. All right, Rob, at the start, what could a new client expect if you and they decide to work together? Well, great, great question, Patrice. We, we have a very refined process around. First off, we go through a series of conversations to really get to know each other. And, and, you know, the people who are referred to us, mm-hmm. we want to understand their needs, make sure they understand our areas of specialty and what we can realistically do for them. We, we call it a fit process. And I loved how you phrased that. There, there has to be a mutual fit and there has to be a thumbs up on both sides that we both think it's a good idea to work together. And in most cases, the, the folks were referred by an existing client. Oftentimes, some of our very best clients who've been with us for over two decades or across two or three generations. So I'm, I'm very aware that clients don't refer me just to help grow my business. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> clients who, who refer to us and wave our flag, they're deeply concerned with helping their friends, family members, you know, some contact who they feel would would be best served by an introduction to me. So in most cases, the person they refer to us, they just think they would benefit by speaking with us. So some will actually give out my contact info. Others actually fully arrange an introduction because they really want to make sure it happens. I mean, they, they think this person is missing out if they don't right. make this connection. So as such, we really go out of our way for the folks that get introduced to us and, and we have no expectation that they'll become a client. You know, we're help there to serve and help our clients. And if this helps out with respect to someone they know or care about, we feel we're helping the client. Now, in a number of cases, after working together for many years, the clients do come to understand the value of our relationship and have a good intuitive sense about what makes a good fit. Yeah. So that can be great. But either way, we seek to have a very straightforward, open, honest conversation and add a lot of value and clarity for these folks. Uh, we assume they're going to get back to the client too, who referred us in. So we really want that <laughs> feedback to be positive. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about a few of those situations. Yeah. So, so one of my dearest clients of you know close to 20 years referred over someone who was with a large national institutional bank. She'd really be an ideal client for a, a practice like, like ours. And then basically, she, she just really wasn't feeling the love from her existing relationship. It, it was a big firm and everything was fairly cookie cutter mm-hmm. and not, not really very custom to her. And interestingly, they, they hadn't done anything wrong. I mean, they've, they've done an okay job and she had several million dollars with them yet she was essentially treated as sort of a C or maybe even a D client. Again, it's not badly, but nothing exceptional. 
And she wanted a more local relationship that was much more focused on her. And that was well within our scope. And there was an excellent fit, not, not just in terms of the assets, but the chemistry, right. our trust, our communication, just simply being aligned and on the same page. And, and in that case, the clients in, or the, the one who referred us in, their intuitive sense you know, of, of us sort of being a good, uh, good match was, was spot on. Well, what's not to like? I mean, you want to have a relationship. You want to, have, you want to know that you are valued as much as you value your advisor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tell really me about, about relationships. Yeah. yeah sorry. T- tell me about another. I like that example, but tell me about another one. You know, in, in most cases, unfortunately for us to get hired, another advisor has to get fired, but unfortunately, but however, there's a number of clients that have simply never had an advisor or they're looking for a trusted thought partner or someone to work with. You know, these could be any one of a following, for example, those who are simply too busy or want professional guidance or no longer want to do it all entirely by themselves. Mm-hmm. They want to partner with a trusted advisor, a trusted local team that has a very defined process for helping them make sound decisions and reaching their financial goals. Others, and this has happened a lot, they, they may have lost a spouse due to death or disability, memory loss, you know, or aging issues, and they want someone to partner with. And in, in a number of cases, this hasn't happened yet, but the key decision maker is wise enough to realize, you know, at some point this could happen and they want a backup plan. So this person's spouse is taken care of more often. I mean, it's the husband who goes first, but not always. I I was introduced to a wonderful man whose wife had experienced a severe neural and cognitive degenerative issue in her her late forties and early fifties. I mean, pretty early on. Yeah. she, She was actually the one who you know, handled all the financial matters in the family and made extremely successful decisions early on. She, she got into quite a bit of Amazon, Starbucks, Apple, you know, Microsoft, et cetera. Um, and then the husband, he, he's kind of a macho guy, actually. He, he's actually an animal trainer. Hmm. You know, he's worked over many years with some of Hollywood's greatest all over the world. He, he literally trains lions and tigers and bears on his property. He has several there. And oh. I, I've watched them interact directly. I mean, he literally feeds the lions. He pets them almost like you'd pet a dog. It's crazy. You know, granted, they're trained. But, but at any rate, he once told me, you know, he knows what he's doing with these animals. But what I do actually scares him to death. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I love it. <laughs> So he was looking for some help, huh? <laughs> he was looking for some help. You know, I wasn't going to go feed the lions and uh, he didn't want to do the finance. You know, he wanted someone to help. His wife just did it all, but she was no longer capable. So, you know, obviously he wanted help in the process. It was actually his CPA who'd referred me in. We, we've worked with that individual for over 20 years. They very well know the details of kind of my financial acumen and process, but but more important, the level of service and attention to, to detail and care and process mm-hmm. that makes people feel like family. And that, that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me more about what makes you and your team different from everyone else. I mean, I hear it from advisors. Yes, we want to make them feel special. We, we care for our clients, but tell me more. What, what differentiates you? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, 
you know, fit again is super important to us. And, and then just, just, it's really our people and our practice and our process, but you simply don't get to third generation clients without a good fit process. So we really only want happy clients, you know, that can serve uh, where we can serve as a trusted advisor for life and knock on wood. Very few folks leave us, leave us. Mm-hmm. But we are first and foremost stewards and fiduciaries, not salespeople. We, we had a newer client say to us recently, and I've heard this quite a bit, that our experience was so much different than with their former advisor. Every time you know, he called, he always seemed to have some new product to pitch. We simply never sell any products. We, we just ask folks to buy into our process and to a trusted advisory mm-hmm. relationship. So it's really the people, the practice, and the process. That, that's what differentiates us. And um, yeah, after initially meeting with a potential client, I discuss the situation with my team. We decide if there's a good fit. If there is, I, I call them you know, within 48 hours and let them know. And I see what they're thinking. And in, in a number of cases, they simply say, wow, I was waiting for your call. When can we get started? And I tell them, that's great. Just take it easy. One of my team members will be in touch and we'll schedule an onboarding meeting. We then have a very detailed onboarding process that takes care of everything. It's super easy on the client. We prepare everything. And if they haven't already, they, you know, they actually meet me, meet my team. And we have what's called a signing celebration. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, Let me ask you this, calling someone and saying, hey, we really do want to work with you. That should be a a wonderful, wonderful time. What happens when you have to call someone and say, I don't think we're the place for you? Yeah. I mean, and that does come up. Sometimes it's, it's either not a fit for, for what we do. I, I just try and make it very open and honest and straightforward. These are, these are people with feelings. Um, they, you know, if you phrase it the right way, I don't know that they need to feel rejected. Um, Sometimes their expectations are different or they just won't fit in within the chemistry or our Mm. process. So really, it's nice to identify that early. Um, It's taken me a long time to to get to that process. I mean, we used to just, you know, take anyone, but uh, that's not such a good thing. We're really going through some very deep life experiences. We're very connected. Um, We just want it to be a good fit. And we see everything. I mean, uh, just major life changes, changes in marital status, health status, all, you know. So you really want someone you're kind of bonded with and yeah. a very high level of trust and likability. And they're, you know, they're bearing their soul, you know, and we're really sort of the stewards of their, it's not just their money, but kind of their hopes and dreams and what they're trying to achieve out of life and being a real coach. So if you don't, if you're not really on the same page with that person, I think the process is um, less than ideal. So long answer there, but we, we do our best to try and make sure the fit is there. And if, if it's just not there, you know, we might direct them somewhere else, but we don't want to get Right. started in something if it's just not going to be a good a good fit. I love what you said there, steward of hopes and dreams. That is really memorable. That's a great phrase. And you've been able to do that in person. You've got this great process, but what happened with the pandemic and the lockdown? Yeah, that's uh, that's um, 
Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting, you know, I, I realized really early on that things were very different. I mean, we've never shut down, had a full lockdown where we have clients who come in. So I, I did a number of things just to r- respond to that. I mean, I, I obviously we, we got comfortable with online meetings you know, Zoom and whatnot, I made many, many, many phone calls. I tried to reach out a lot. I I also started producing a series of videos. These are about two-minute videos. They're all on my website. I mean, I post them on Mm -hmm. Facebook, on LinkedIn. If if you're connected, please get connected to me there. I always post the new ones. If if you go to our firm's website, seia.com, and there's there's advisor partners and advisors. There's my bio and whatnot. And then I have about, I've now produced 12 videos and I have three more coming out. These are short, like two minute videos where I really wanted to delve um, a little deeper into our process. Literally in one of them, I talk about how I grew up surfing and how I actually see some (laughs) parallels between financial planning and the process. And, you know, I actually talked about some thoughts on COVID and the lockdown and metabolic health and, you know, just to give people a deeper sense. And then, an, you know, a further extension of that is, is these podcasts, which we're rolling out. And that's a more detailed discussion. But we really want people to, to know us, know what we're thinking about, understand our process a little bit better. And so it's, it's really helpful. Our clients can hear this. They can know more about us. Also, if, if they want to you know, introduce this to someone, they can share this info. They can pass it along. We're doing podcasts. I felt like I sort of got through the pandemic on podcasts. I mean, I learned a lot. I heard a lot. But we, we wanted to reach out, give clients a deeper understanding if they like listening, if they're driving. They can also pass it along you know, to, to friends, to family, who's someone, if they think this might be of interest. And then it's a chance for someone to, you know, view us or kick the tires, so to speak, before they ever call our office. The same with the videos. The videos are a short two minute type thing. Mm-hmm. Just, just all this. And, and the other, the over, overarching thing was just really trying to reach out and stay connected to people. I mean, we're always trying to do that, but we just feel that this was such a major event where people's reactions were so, so varied, you know, from fear to I'm not that worried about it Mm -hmm. to, you know, I'm annoyed wherever they were at. And they were really sort of concerned about their money or taking it in stride or what, what, you know, we saw people moving, all kinds of people made major changes. This was a, was a seminal event. So we just really tried to step up on all levels and stay connected. And you also Um, went electronic on a lot of things like your documents. Yeah, we were in the process. We've been going to DocuSign and things like that for quite some time, but we're moving further in that process. And that's great for new client documents. The DocuSign is incredible. I use my iPhone all the time. So we can literally, you know, send a document out. Um, We'll have clients literally like in the checkout line. (laughs) I mean, they can approve a document at the supermarket. (laughs) I've done it myself. I see somebody's electric. Not to say you shouldn't read them, but I'm, I'm just saying I, I know what went out or they, they route it through me and I might be checking out or, you know, in between meetings, I can just click on the thing and I can see it and send it through the queue. So that's super helpful. People are used to that. We, we've just done a lot of stuff electronically and we've moved, you know, we, 
fortunately, what was really nice is everything was able to migrate over at first to sort of a home office. And now I'm actually on the road today, but everything's mobile. So we, we can really work anywhere. And that's yeah. been very freeing. I, I call it always on, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're always able to. And that, that's just it actually made us stronger. You're always um, working on ways to improve this process. Yeah, completely. 100%. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, You've, you talk about something, uh, a continuous improvement. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, you asked what differentiates us. I mean, and I said, it's our people, our practice and our process. Definitely the process is huge. And it's, a, it's an ongoing, it's a great process. We've developed it over like 20 years, but we're always working on improving it all the time. And it's kind of like people's portfolios and some of the interactions and some of the coaching. They don't always need huge, huge changes. Sometimes there's some smaller, subtle tweaks or course corrections. If we do on a continuous basis that really, really move the needle. I came across a really interesting concept some time ago that I've sort of taken to heart. It's, it's basically around a process of sort of continuous what I call one to 3% improvement, it's not huge. I mean, you don't have, again, you don't have to change your whole lifestyle, but you can change a few things. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a big sports fan. I was actually grew up like a big Lake LA Laker fan. And um, I grew up in Los Angeles. (laughs) Um, There was a coach, Pat Riley. Oh yeah. Many many people know. And he coached my, you know, the Lakers and Miami and some of the greatest athletes in the world. So my understanding, when he came in to coach the Lakers, which is, you know, an amazing franchise, they were sort of at a low point. And he came in and rather than making gigantic changes, he came up with this concept of sort of one to three percent improvement on a continuous basis. And, um, you know, he was sort of like, if you can't improve one or two or three percent on a continuous, you know, why even show up? to the gym, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So anyway, he just kept working on that within a relatively short amount of time, a year and a half, a couple of years. I mean, he had turned this, uh, that, that franchise again, back into a, you know, world-class, you know, championship team. So I took that to heart with, with, with my actual practice, always working on things like the videos, the podcasts. We weren't doing that a year, you know, year and a half ago, two years ago all these Zoom meetings, just all these things, you know, working as much mobily or as comfortably mobily. So always working on anything we can do to, to just improve it, to, to make sure things are flowing, keeping up with the times. And that's what makes it fun and exciting. And I, and I think I, I try and let clients know that on, on some level that we're always working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're doing it like we were, you know, in you know 2006 i mean you know we're right. always right. evolving and trying to and always keeping the good but just trying to make things better so that's that, that's tell a big me, yeah tell me about this this volatility uncertainty complexity and ambiguity oh. what is that oh oh great okay well <laughs> another i again as part of my process I'm always trying to improve i i do a lot of training because i just think training is absolutely key in how you respond. But one of the trainings I got exposed to, which I thought was was really cool, and I still interact quite a bit, there's a, a Navy SEAL team that does some training, former Navy SEAL commanders from San Diego. And uh, they have a concept, there's a concept they use within the Navy SEAL uh, program, it's called VUCA, V-U-C-A. 
And that stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Just how I apply that is, I, I mean, understand if you're going in on a Navy SEAL operation, I mean, th- that's that environment is always present, right? They have plans, they have protocols for things, but things change, right? There's, they have to adjust on the fly, but they have a team process. And so, you know, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity, those are just kind of expected. And that's why they're trained the way they are. Well, it, you know, it occurred to me that our world in financial markets and, and with, you know, things and things like the COVID. I mean, it's, it's not Navy SEAL-like, but it, but it, there are a lot of similarities, right? With the markets, mm-hmm. with uncertainty, with volatility, complexity, ambiguity, those kinds of things. And so we need to be prepared with the process, an ongoing sort of rules-based, systematic, disciplined, unemotional process. So I really enjoyed hearing sometimes these concepts from other industries or professions, but they're all sort of about best level practices that that top people are using and sometimes there's a lot of crossover and um you know with respect to the mindset the training so i i actually really took that one to heart and then then things like volatility uncertainty complexity ambiguity you don't really fear those you just treat them as things that are kind of there mm-hmm. and you know it's how you respond but we're 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 expecting those things and um you know, there's also just normal times too, but we we're always ready for that. So I enjoyed learning about that, and as part, you know, it's an an example of one of those improvements. I feel it just makes me a better advisor as time goes by. Well, you mentioned referrals earlier. Do your clients do you do you encourage them? Do they know Do they know how how to refer you? We we try to lay that out and make it easy for them, but quite frankly, oftentimes I don't think they know. I mean, they, they shouldn't be expected to know. Right. Um, during the pandemic, and especially when you know, times are rough in the market, I, I often find my level of referability goes up, believe it or not. You know, folks talk, and from time to time, a friend or family member may say to a client, I'm not that satisfied with my current advisor. Are you happy with yours? What do they do for you? And that's absolutely a perfect time to introduce us. One of the ways I've tried to make this easier is be, you know, by creating the videos where I describe my practice, my process, my philosophy around client care. Again, they're, they're simple two-minute videos. Mm-hmm. People can watch. They can pass along. Just explain some of our due diligence. It lets people sort of kick the tires before they ever come into our office. And... Um, yeah, so we're we're trying to lay that out for folks. Okay, all right, good. Rob, how did you come up with the idea for the videos? Um, so interestingly, I mean, you, we talked earlier about changing things up during the COVID, uh, or certainly during the initial stages of the lockdown. I had something. Um, I got something in my eye, <laughs> right <laughs> as things were locking down, that turned into a mini crisis. Oh. And I don't know if you recall, but you know, if you needed to go to a doctor or something, right when things were locking down, everybody was like all freaked out, and it was hard to get visits for something else, you know. But I I needed to see a like an ophthalmologist, and so I found one online, and they were able to see me, and I remember everybody was masked up and the whole thing. Um, they took care of the the issue; it was was no big deal. But it became clear I, I needed to upgrade and have a good ophthalmologist. I I didn't really have one. So at any rate, 
I, I really enjoyed the experience with the doctor they paired me with, but I went online and looked at, you know, looked her up just to kind of get a little bit of background as either through curiosity or whatnot, where they go to school. And she had several sort of videos out there, you know, short videos. This is my patient care practice. This was my training. This is my philosophy about this. This is what I like to do recreationally, et cetera, you know, whatnot. Just, I mean, just to sort of get to know them a little bit. And, um, you know, which I thought was great because you see there's a person, it's not just a doctor walking in in a, you know, sterile white lab coat. So I, I kind of wanted to adopt that practice in a similar way. If, again, if someone was maybe referred to us and they're not sure about the call, they could check out these videos, see who we are, get a little sense before they ever even commit to making a call or coming into our office, that kind of thing. All right. Rob, this has really been great. Is there something we haven't touched on during this podcast that you would like to? Yeah, I think just um, during, certainly during the pandemic, during the lockdown, I mean, I, I've been doing this, you know, upwards of 23 years. So I, I know it's, it's a people-based business. It's a relationship-based business. But that really became super clear during the pandemic. So we, we just really went out of our way to focus there on what, what's going on with people. I like to say there's, there's really two things that, that, uh, t- that are key, key for me. I obviously want to focus on what matters to clients and what we can control. So if you took those what matters to clients and the control sort of drew a circle around each other and you had the two intersect like rings interlocking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where those two intersect what what matters to them and what we control that's that's really where me and my team live if if it doesn't matter to the client you know that's that's fine i mean that's not important if we simply can't control it you know we're not so worried about it but where if it matters and we can control it that's a really big focal point that's really key you know we just focus on getting to know our clients we focus on the key area of their li- their lives i have an acronym i used it's called form f o r m so we really get to know their family i mean families are super important to me and my team Uh, That's the F in form. The O is occupation. I mean, what do they do? What do they do for a living or, you know, if they're retired, we try and understand that. The R in form is recreational interests and hobbies. What are they passionate about? You know, what do they like? Is it fitness? Is it wine? Is it uh, cycling or artwork or, you know, what, whatever that happens to be. And then the M in form is, is money, you know, really, really how that all happens, but it's not just about the money or numbers on a page. It's really what those funds are doing, you know, family, their occupation, their recreational interests, all those things that let them sort of live their, their best life. We talked earlier about being sort of a steward of their hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. how we can use the money and the funds and the income and, you know, the legacy, or if they want to pass things on all those things together, whatever's important, and we can control, um, we try and view that holistically and really, really stay focused there. All right, you mentioned LinkedIn, but are there other ways listeners can reach you? Yeah, there's LinkedIn, there's Facebook as well. And uh, they can simply send me an email if they like, they can call my office if they you know, just want to get in touch or schedule a meeting. And what's your company website again? Yeah, S 
eia.com. All right. And and we're, called, we're, we're called Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. So go, go for that. You can look under our Pasadena office. I, I just say sometimes people come up with the Solar Energy Industry Association. That, that's not <laughs> us. <laughs> so go to Signature Estate and Investment Advisors and, and you, can, you can find our firm and then our Pasadena team and then you know my bio and there's my contact info, email, phone number, or, or I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn or Facebook. All right. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Rob Curtis of Signature Estate and Investment Advisors, SEIA, and the host of this podcast, The Millionaire Next Door. Subscribe or follow to make sure you get the latest episode. And of course, please share. I'm Patrice Sakura, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to The Millionaire Next Door podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Signature Estate and Investment Advisors or Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.